All right, where the books are cooked and the nerves are shook, we are back here on Liquid Gold. I'm your host, Mike Wolf. Today, kind of a unique episode today. We're bringing back the books and booze content because I've been reading a lot of books, been holed up here with COVID. And so I'm coming out of it and I wanted to share, went back to one of my favorite books and favorite authors. And I want to share with you Miss MFK Fisher, her book, A Cordial Water. A garland of odd and old recipes, or receipts as she called them, to assuage the ills of man and beast. So it's a a good for what ails you, cure for what ails you book in drink form in many ways. Mary Frances Kennedy Fisher writes about old home remedies, a lot of uh, boozy concoctions that people would drink when they were sick. I'm going to share with you a couple of gems from this book and tell you a little bit about her life. A couple things, you can always follow us on Instagram at liquidgold underscore pod. Find us on the web, our new website, liquidgold.show, where you can go through the archives and check out all the content that we've been doing. Shout out to our producer, Michael Eads, and everybody at We Own This Town, the We Own This Town podcast network over at weownthistown.net. Always check out the music show. I think they're on like episode 300 something maybe more. And we are approaching episode 100 right here on Liquid Gold. So this is episode 99 and we will have Teresa from Mas Tacos joining us to talk about tequila and to talk about her building an amazing taco empire over the last 10 years or so here in Nashville. So we're looking forward to episode 100. We'll also have more summer shots content for you for the rest of the summer. So be looking for some more Cuban and South American cocktails. That's kind of where we've been hanging around for the summer shots this year. So we'll have some more of that. We'll be bringing Jess Backus back with us. All right, let me tell you a couple things about Mary Frances Kennedy Fisher, the author MFK Fisher, as you'll see most of her books. Let me tell you some of her big ones that uh, you can find very easily and that you can dive into her world of eating, and drinking. She's got the book, The Art of Eating. That's one you can find used for super cheap. It's a really good introduction to her work. There's the book Provence. So she lived in Provence for many years and has a lot of great writings about that where she was raising her daughters. Uh, There's another one that people love, Consider the Oyster, which is a great book, small book uh, all about the oyster. And uh, that's a good one to give out as gifts. And then there's How to Cook a Wolf, is a good one that I was reading recently. Um, That's all about cooking and making the most of what you have during wartime. So that was her World War II book. Uh, Long Ago in France is another great one. And she also has, um, since this is a drinking podcast, I have to tell you about this collection that you will really only find for Kindle unless you get on eBay and you want to pay a hundred to two hundred to three hundred dollars for a copy of this book that is really hard to find, but uh, you can find it on Kindle, and it is MFK Fisher Musings on Wine and Other Libations, and this is a great collection if you want to hear her thoughts about drinking, and she absolutely loved sherry's vermouths, she was our kind of gal. She loved the aperitifs of France, um, and one of the drinks that she would drink. Uh, while getting ready to entertain, while prepping, she would have these huge feasts and she would drink a, uh, she called it a half and half, and it was basically just equal parts sherry and dry vermouth. So probably a fino sherry and dry vermouth 
stirred and served up with a little citrus peel. Um, so that's a good one. That's a good simple drink that uh, MFK Fisher loved and writes about. So turning our attention to this book, A Cordial Water, which just blew me away when I first read it going back about 12 years ago. And it was the first book that really made me feel like I could do a book myself, that I could write, and that any kind of a cocktail or a drink book had to follow some sort of set formula. I really liked how she just talked about her life, her experiences, and really dove into history as well in, in a way that not a lot of people were doing at that time. So she was a, a trailblazer uh, in the world of writing and food and drink. Now I'm going to go through and because we're not going to be here super long today. I have COVID. I'm supposed to, or I'm coming off of COVID. I'm supposed to be taking it easy. But I had to tell you about this book. I can go through and um, pick out some of the recipes. They're going to sound bizarre because a lot of these recipes go back 400, 500 years. Some go back 200 years. Some are still in use today. And I think that this book, if you're a bartender or you're in the, the restaurant business or uh, in the drinks business, MFK Fisher was one of the first people to write about Fernet and what Fernet Branca, that curious elixir, the bitter wild tasting, saffron infused, Fernet Branca. She was one of the first writers to write about the tradition of bartenders using Fernet to stay on their feet and to really just keep going through a long shift, keep your wits about you, etc. So the first thing we're going to read um, this portion that uh, that Miss Fisher wrote about Fernet. It's kind of fascinating. This would have been almost 80 years ago when she wrote this and still true today. So first thing in this section, she gives a recipe for a mountain bitters, Mrs. Lackner's mountain bitters. And this is actually a really good recipe if you have a bunch of sage around. So take Western sage blossoms, which must be gathered, thoroughly dried and cured in the sun and pack them into an empty pint bottle to the depth of two inches or more. Add to this the peel of one lemon, which has been detached from its fruit and thoroughly dried in the sun. Fill the bottle to the top with good bourbon and let stand for at least two weeks before using. The longer, the better. And I would say if you're going to make that, that is also something you could add a little honey to to sweeten it up and go down real nice. So here she goes on in this section, and I quote, This simple elixir, which like our caboose has no sugar added to it, is just dandy for almost anything, Mrs. Lackner says, but especially as a year-in, year-out tonic to be taken night and morning, a small nip. To continue in her lingo, this is the Miss Lackner's lingo, who wrote the recipe, quote, it's good for what ails you, with a modicum of common sense added, of course. It would not heal a broken bone or prevent a cancer. Miss Fisher goes on, quote, there are other more concentrated bitters, innocent of sweetening, if not of aquavita. For various reasons, some more obvious than others, mountaineers like the Swiss concoct them. They must stand up to the affront of icy cold. They must use the, the beneficent summer meadow herbs during their violently short season of ripe flowering and so on. I remember one called something like Denler Alpen Bitters, which taken in a half-filled cup of hot water would raise the hair on a bald hound dog. It would and does send shuddering mountain people and even skiers happily out into the snow. This is somewhat like the Italian Fernet Branca, which smells and looks like the epitome of the old Arabian recipe for coffee, black as night, hot as hell, etc. The first time I ever saw these bitters actually used and not placed expectantly on a bar was at about 11.30 in the morning in a worldly pub when one of the most electrically attractive men I have ever imagined came in, 
straight and blind as a poised and desperate bee, and drank down in one expert gulp a shot glass of it. It was not until he had swallowed it that I understood that he had been dying on his feet, for in a magical way I saw him turn from a zombie to a live man, as the vile stuff took hold in him. Within a few seconds he became real, and of course somewhat less mysteriously alluring, but more acceptable. The last time I considered the strange possibilities of this bitters, whose addicts imply that it is everything from a carminative to a preventative of gout, was not long ago. A barman whom I have long known and much admired, now plainly on his last legs, talked ruminatively, ruminatively of things he had learned in his philosophical employment. I got around gradually to telling him of the morning when I had watched the potential dream walk, stiff as a plank, past, if not into, my life. He smiled as only a Spaniard can and said he was probably a head waiter or top barman. It is a professional trick with us. We must be on our feet, and we never have time to eat like the rest of you. We live on a snatch here, a nibble there. So we eat a sandwich or an omelet quickly behind the screen, and then we down a slug of fernet. It will digest anything, anything at all, in ten minutes. We live on it. <laughs> Fisher goes on, I thought of the opposite of this lightning action as a digestive. I had read it a long time ago in a book about English mountain banks. And she goes on to list a few other uh, recipes. This is, uh, this is one of these weird old 300 years old uh, recipes, receipts that she includes in this book. Why he swallows bullets and stones. The heat of his stomach is such that without this remedy he could not subsist. For when he hath garmandized himself at some great feast... Straightway he swallows bullets of almost four ounces weight, which causes a present digestion. Also round pebble stones he often swallows, which cools his maw. These kinds of tricks he hath, by which he puts down many of our new jugglers nowadays, who will be an hour eating of a cheesecake. He vanquisheth all that dare oppose him in his art. <laughs> I wouldn't, uh, I would not swallow bullets or stones that's the kind of thing they were telling you to do back in the 1600s not a good idea goes on to talk about the barman's hidden dependence upon bitters and the reason most men of province in all the south of france are hard as iron sturdy as oak and urgent as the mistral itself is that they drink pastis so there's some great pastis stuff in here there are also in addition to um bitters recipes and discussions of fernets and pastis there's a broth recipe um, that is completely bizarre this is from about 250 years ago a cordial broth broth take three sheep's hinges with the wool on their heads three dozen of sheep trotters two bullocks livers with half a peck of oatmeal boil all these in a cauldron for two hours then strain the broth through a hair sackcloth and let it cool the use of it is to appease grumbling in the guts or a wambling stomach by drinking one pot at a time and eating the meat after it. This will preserve you from hunger and wind in the stomach, using it but once in two hours. <laughs> so there's a preventative for you. You just need to find all those animal parts. Here's a, here's a simple remedy in here for digestion involving some grapefruit. At night, chop one ripe grapefruit into chunks, skin and all, and cover with two cups boiling water. In the morning, strain off the liquid into a glass and serve cool to be drunk while dressing. Yeah, nice little refreshing 
uh, non-alcoholic Paloma, I suppose. She's got some recipes in here for really to inspire, hmm, how do I put this? To inspire performance in the bedroom, I suppose, to uh, inspire love, to, yeah, this one right here incites love in a person, and then later to help him recover and gain new strength. It's called La Cuisine d'Amour. This is about 300 years old from France. Cut a skinned eel into short pieces, lard them generously with fresh truffles, and bake them in a hot oven for 10 minutes, each wrapped in buttered paper. Serve on a bed of crayfish tails, which have been stewed in dry white wine and well-seasoned with cayenne. Dang, that sounds good. Some more liquid remedies here. This goes back to 1694, the receipt book of Anne Blencoe. And this is uh, Mrs. Condor's receipt for cattle after the bite of a mad dog. So this is what you would give your cow after they had been bitten by a mad dog. Wild mint. Wild primrose roots and English box. A little more of the box than of the other things. And that's it. It's a pretty uh, simple remedy. And then uh, in uh, Provence, where she lived for a while, there was an old recipe that got passed down. This one also about uh, cows and birthing and calving. So to strengthen and comfort a cow after calving, give her a loaf of fresh bread soaked in a liter of good red wine. Hmm. And there's actually recipes like that throughout this book where you take a loaf of bread and you soak it in wine and then you eat it. So that, uh, that could be something to try. And a lot of these, honestly, this isn't like if you're deathly ill or you're, you know, like you have COVID or anything, but a lot of these recipes are just for people who need a little pick-me-up. Need a little pick-me-up? Yeah. Eat a, eat a loaf of bread soaked in red wine and call me in the morning. And a lot of it really is just like stuff is stuff grows out in your front yard that you can uh, steep in boiling water. Use it. But uh, you definitely need to know what you're looking for. Now, there's some really strange ones here. This is uh, to break a fever, as in measles. Gather plenty of turds from the wild jackrabbit and dry them in the oven to keep for the winter in a jar. When a fever will not break, make a very strong tea of the dung and hot water. Strain it and drink it every half hour until the sweating starts. This never fails. <laughs> this recipe is not Mary Frances Kennedy's. This comes from Middle America. Uh, maybe the Kansas Prairie? And this, this recipe is a couple hundred years old. I, I don't know if I, would, uh, if I would use that recipe. This is a whole chapter in here about how people used uh, animal dung, urine. They would mix it with wine. Just crazy shit that you, people used to do. I think she found it pretty fascinating. Here's one, how to cure a cold. One tall silk hat. One four poster bed. One bottle of brandy. To be taken as follows, put the tall silk hat on the right-hand post at the foot of the bed. Lie down and arrange yourself comfortably. Drink the brandy, and when you see a tall silk hat on both the right and left bedposts, you are cured. So that, she notes, is a Gallic exaggeration, but it is based on sound sense. This is a, uh, and that was a proverb that she learned out in France when she lived out there, probably a couple hundred years as, as old as well. There's also really simple ones. For a cold and ye head, 
This is from 1650 in a pharmacist book. For a cold in ye head, take sage leaves, rub them well, and apply them to ye nostrils in ye morning. That's simple, and I, I could believe that that might work. Um, this one, this is just classic. Sit well wrapped in a blanket with your feet in a basin of water, which is kept very hot for one half hour, and sip slowly at a mug kept filled with lemonade made with fresh lemon juice, plenty of sugar or honey, and boiling water. So that's pretty straightforward. That sounds like a good idea. This is us. Here's, here's one that uh, Ms. Fisher uh, learned in Mexico. Actually, learned uh, near Ventura on the California coast from a Mexican neighbor. And uh, this was a prescription home remedy that Fisher would use uh, throughout her life. She would use it for her children. Here it is. Equal parts of honey, glycerin, and fresh lemon juice. Mixed well to be eaten with a spoon and let slide down the throat slowly. So a lot of this honey and lemon business, still, still a big thing today, will do wonders for you. Here's another one. This is uh, the, the previously mentioned Ann Blenko's receipt book, back to 1650. The Gargle for Mrs. Barnard de Stone. And this is, uh, you take one handful of raspberry leaves, put it to a pint of water, boil it down to a quarter of a pint, add to it one tablespoon of honey and two teaspoons full of lemon juice. So that's a, that's a pretty simple one. And that one, that one would make sense. Raspberry leaves have been used medicinally for centuries. There's some recipes in here for onion soup for when you're, you're feeling ill, when you're getting a cold. Back when they used to think that going from a warm area to a cold area would get you sick, this is one thing that you could drink to give yourself some defenses against uh, going out in the cold. Dissolve in a half glass of very cold vinegar, about a spoonful of salt, and half as much of cayenne pepper. Warm and let chill again. Okay, I guess that's to aid the infusion, to really get that infusion working. Another thing she gets into in this book are hangovers. So just like the book that we've got, The Liquid Gold, Holiday Drinking Guide, coming out in November, Cheer, which we're real excited about. So much content in there. We've got some hangover remedies in there. Um, but this, this chapter in A Cordial Water has some great stuff. And this one, she learned from a Kansas farmer, and this is Buttermilk for Pop. Mix one tablespoon of cornstarch in one cup of good buttermilk and heat, but do not boil. Eat while hot like soup with salt and pepper or let cool and eat frequently with plenty of honey for flavoring. So that would be similar to like a yogurt. So that seems like a decent hangover cure. Here's Dr. Jarvis's honey cure. And this both for uh, potassium deficiency and a hangover. 18 teaspoonfuls of honey to be given six at a time, 20 minutes apart, then repeat in three hours. So you, this is a, a full work day of trying to figure out your hangover. Let patient drink whiskey left by the bed if he wishes. Next morning, repeat 40-minute honey routine, follow with a soft-boiled egg, and then in 10 minutes, Give six more teaspoons of honey. You're going to need to set a lot of alarms on your phone to be able to handle this. For lunch, give four teaspoons of honey, then a glass of tomato juice, a medium piece of chopped beef, and for dessert, four more teaspoons of honey. Leave whiskey on the table toward normal evening meal, but it will probably not be drunk. 
Okay. That, that's a bizarre one. And you know, she couldn't resist uh, throwing a little Bible verse in there about drinking. Uh, that was, give strong drink to them that are sad. Let them drink and forget their want. <laughs> that's Proverbs 31, 6, 7. And uh, that would be the first and only, I think, Bible verse that will be on Liquid Gold. So we got that in episode 99, just before the big 100th episode celebration. And Miss Fisher notes in this chapter, cordials and elixirs have long been used to make men and women feel younger as well as stronger, wiser, calmer, gentler, and many other things. All of them are to be drunk, which in itself is a soothing act. An angry or excited throat is too constricted to swallow with any comfort. Most of them are made of a varying intricacy of herbs and essences, and most of them contain some kind of alcohol. Now, there's a nice non-alcoholic little recipe in this chapter called California Tea, and it is just two teaspoonfuls good black tea leaves, one quart of cool water, one sprig of mint. Blend, put in glass jar, and let stand in the hot sun four or five hours. Strain, cool, and drink within a day or so with some honey if desired. So that's super simple. That's one of those sun tea recipes. I know the folks at High Garden Tea, they're really into sun tea. They believe in the uh, nutritious value that the, that the sun can bring. And then uh, to close this, this portion out today of books and booze and some of these bizarre home remedies that I'm not using any of these for COVID, just, just so you know. The honey water lemon, uh, that, that always works with uh, any kind of ailment. So I do, I do recommend something that simple. But this is a good uh, kind of homemade Amaro recipe that's, that's in this book. And it is, what's amazing about this is this, is, uh, this has some history back in Colorado, the mountains of Colorado, where they could make uh, really nice digestive bitters from a lot of the, the mountain meadow plants and flowers that would grow up there. But you take the flowers of at least 15 kinds of meadow plants and the roots of at least five more, such as peony, licorice, hepatica. I thought that was a font. Anyway, uh, clean and slice them finely and cover them with white wine to steep for three days. Stir well night and morning. Bring to the boil and then strain. Mix with equal parts of fine honey and with five parts of good fruit brandy. And by fruit brandy in that recipe, they mean like Kirschwasser, like cherry unaged brandy, or a uh, Slivovitz unaged blue blue plum brandy. Clear Creek has those spirits. If you're looking for the really um, incredible kind of European style fruit brandies, check out Clear Creek stuff. Um, back to this recipe. You mix it with the equal parts of fine honey and with five parts of good fruit brandy. Store in a wooden cask for one year. That might be a tough one. You might not have a wooden cask lying around. Uh, but yeah, store it in a wooden cask for one year in bottle. Drink cold or lukewarm on an empty stomach to restore the appetite or on a full one to encourage it. Um, so that's just, just great stuff. I really recommend you checking out this book, A Cordial Water from MFK Fisher. Check out her work. She wrote, I think it's 27 books or so, might be more. She wrote a ton of books and really believed in the joy of eating and drinking, the art of eating. Sometimes it was as simple as eating some bread soaked in wine, simple things like California tea and mountain digestive bitters, but highly recommend you check out the work of 
MFK Fisher. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll have more content coming and Booze News will be back next time with our Booze News anchor, Mr. Kenneth Dedman. Shout out to Kenneth and Jess Backus. Thanks to Jess Matcham for the logo. Thanks to Michael Eads, Upright T-Rex Music for the tunes. And we will see you next time on Liquid Gold. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>